Welcome to the Side by Side podcast, where we connect busy female leaders in ministry to the practical resources they need today. We are your co-hosts, and I am Annie Purdue Olson. And I'm Heidi Zwart. And today's guest is Christy Erickson. She is a certified Enneagram coach who's going to give us a look at that tool from a Christian or what she calls a gospel perspective. You know, Heidi, I have been slow to the party when it comes to the Enneagram game. (laughs) I'm certified in Myers-Briggs. And so when we get really comfortable with something and it becomes the lens through which we see life, people, relationships, Mm. it's really easy to get stuck there. But I had so many clients that were reaching out and beginning to understand the Enneagram. I realized that I had to dive in and understand it myself. And I'm an Enneagram type three. I have learned since then that Enneagram type threes are often slow to the party Mm. when it comes to the Enneagram. (laughs) But I'm glad that I dove into that whole process because I've learned something about myself and my leadership and who I want to become from Mm. the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Enneagram type threes as a reflection of who God is, they want to reflect his light in the world. Mm. They use the word brilliance to describe an Enneagram three. And I love to shine brightly. Mm. That's who I want to be. I want to express the hope of Christ in the world and Mm. call all people to this greater relationship with a greater God who's so amazing that I can't but shine his light. Mm. And that's what Enneagram three inspires me. And I want to become like that. Mm -hmm. I want to become that authentic self that is a reflection of who God is. You just highlighted so well why it's important to use this tool from a Christian perspective, because there's this richness to that piece of it that isn't always talked about um, traditionally with the Enneagram. Yeah. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about all of these assessments. They really truly are in and of themselves, just simply mm-hmm. tools right. that are springboards. So if you can look at yourself through the lens of Clifton Strengths, and then you can look at yourselves through the lens of Myers-Briggs, mm-hmm. and then you can look at yourself through the lens of Enneagram, you have this richness, this depth mm-hmm. of who you are becoming as a leader and as a person yeah. that I think is invaluable. Really, more than one assessment is the way to go if you really want to grow as a leader. Right. We've talked so much about the application piece too. You know that the tools themselves, there's no magical power in them, but they do deepen your relationship with yourself and with God and with others yeah. when you take the time to do that application step. Exactly. You know, and Christy, Christy just loves God. She just oozes, uh, oozes this from her being and she loves people, which isn't always easy to do, right. <laughs> at least for me. Right. I know. So, but you know, her one-on-one discipleship and the way that she walks alongside people through her work in ministry and missions and care pastoring, um, her member care, like it just shows up in who she is and she, in addition to being that certified Enneagram coach, she's got this background in social work and also a master's in theological studies. So when you combine all of these, uh, this riches of education, along with her personal experience and her own story that she's walked through, um, it comes out really powerfully and her strength of input uh, Mm -hmm. gives her so much knowledge about this tool that I think everybody who listens today is going to hear. Oh my gosh, you guys got to listen in as we talk with Christy and learn together how to use the Enneagram tool from a Christian perspective so that we can grow deeper both professionally and personally. Hey, Christy, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. This is so fun to be with you today. I just feel like, Heidi, I can't think of a time in my life when I have not known you. Yeah. I can say that about you and today. Uh, also be able to say you're somebody I've stayed connected with all these Mm -hmm. years. Yeah. Like 
in a, in a really special way. I, Mm -hmm. you are somebody who I've always referred to as a heart friend, Mm. um, somebody that we just connect with on so many levels. And I love the way that God has knit our hearts together just through our families, through us, through our kids. And I just, anyway, so that's all to say, this is really fun to be able to yeah. I mean, it's fun for me to be able to do this with you today. <laughs> well, it's, I feel the same and I could say all of the same things. And, you know, our, our friendship has spanned almost 50 years. So do you know what that means? I don't know. We're really old. <laughs> we are really old. We are really old, but it's so true. You know, our friendship actually started uh, with our parents or our dads actually meeting as teenagers. So it expands and it was kind of always meant to be. But, you know, yeah. we got to choose it at some point, uh, which yes. is really fun because, you know, though our families were friends, it didn't mean we had to be, but, mm-hmm. but we are. And so I'm really glad to have you on the show and to have this conversation with you. You um, began training to be an Enneagram coach right around the same time that I started doing my Gallup Strength Certification. And mm-hmm. I had this thing in me at the time that just said, you know, I think there's something interesting about this. And I think we might have some over an overlapping path in the future. And, you know, we are working on some things and that'll be fun to share um, going forward. But today we're really going to talk about the Enneagram and uh, I'm, I'm really a novice here. So this is kind of new territory to me. So I'm curious why you were drawn to the Enneagram in the first place. That's a great question. You know, you know me and I I love, all the different kinds of personal personality assessment kind mm-hmm. of systems. They're so interesting to me. They've been really helpful to me in my just journey of growing growth, I should say, personal growth. Um, the Enneagram was special to me in the sense that when I looked at it, it does reveal, you know, some of our preferences, our behaviors, um, our strengths, our weaknesses, but what it really reveals, it goes a step deeper in, in really uncovering our unconscious motivations behind those things. Mm. So it gets to the why we think and act and feel the way that we do, mm-hmm. which is to me, uh, you know, it's an important piece of information when it comes to personal growth, mm-hmm. because when we understand our why we learn a whole bunch of things about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't actually know the, the real answer about why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because what, what came to mind as you were talking about that was the Apostle Paul who said, you know, I, I want to do one thing and I can't, I, I always go to this sin place. And it's, it's that um, not understanding that, that core motivation. Yes. Um, and the Enneagram is so much about what you just said, our core, core motivations. Mm-hmm. It's revealing to us um, what really drives us, why we would do what we do. It reveals to us our core desires, the mm-hmm. things that we're really running toward, our core fears. Mm-hmm. If you think of it this way, the things that we're really trying to avoid at all costs or that we're running from, mm-hmm. it reveals even our core weaknesses. I mean, our particular tendencies towards sin even. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really amazing tool in that sense. Yeah. And I notice as you're talking, you know, you're using language that we would talk about as Christians. And I know that the, the mm. tool itself is not necessarily a Christian tool. And yet uh, there's, there's faith application to it. And I know that your heart is really to work within that realm. So you talk on your website about having a gospel perspective. So what does that mean? 
So you're right. The Enneagram at the end of the day is really just a tool. And it's one of many, many good ones that we can use to learn about ourselves, which mm-hmm. is great. What it really means is we're just approaching it um, from a biblical worldview, which just says God is God mm. and we are not. <laughs> God's the one who really can do the, the real lasting transformative work in our lives This tool does not possess the power to do that, Mm -hmm. but it is a powerful tool that he can use to do that work. Mm -hmm. So the biblical worldview just says that we recognize that um, God does the transforming work. He's the one who can reveal truth to us through the process as we learn about ourselves. Mm -hmm. He's also the one who, as we learn about the places within us that are really broken or where we still are wounded or the places where we have tendencies to deceive ourselves. And we all do. Mm -hmm. Those are also the specific places. Once we've identified them where we can invite the grace of God into those places Mm. to do the healing work, to do the transformative work um, so that we can be that person that he created us to be. Yeah. I think there are two things as you're talking about that, that um, come to mind in in past conversations that we've had. One is that uh, you have talked before about this tool just being a starting point, that Mm -hmm. it it has no magical powers, you know, nor do any other other assessments, but that it's that starting point or that springboard for growth. Tell me more about what that looks like. Okay. So one of the most misunderstood things about the Enneagram is Mm -hmm. once people take an assessment, or they read a book about it and they, they identify what they think is their dominant type. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, okay, that's who I am. That's the end of the road. That's all the information I need to know. Yeah. In reality, that's really just the beginning of this journey of discovery. Mm. It's the beginning of a journey of transformation. Um, the, the Enneagram is actually um, a somewhat complex system. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you understand how it works, what is really cool about it, in my opinion, is that it reveals as you're going through it, a particular and unique pathway of growth that is really special just to you based Mm -hmm. on your type, based on the, even the expression of your type. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I were coaching you, Heidi, in the Mm -hmm. Enneagram, my job as a coach is to introduce you to the tool, to show you how the system works, and then be able to show you how that system begins to reveal almost an internal map of growth Mm. for you. Mm -hmm. So it's going to start showing you specific ways that you, to help you understand you specific ways that you process and interpret information, the ways that you come to decisions. Um, It's going to show you specific ways that you're, um, you're going to look like, or that your behavior looks like when you're under stress, Mm. when you're growing, it's going to show you what your particular type looks like when it's thriving and when it's really healthy. And Mm -hmm. it's going to show you what you look like when you're really not healthy, when you're maybe (laughs) using strategies to get what you, what you want or what you need in ways that are really not helpful to you or to the people around you. Yeah. I like what you said about the words you used, which were pathways of growth or a pathway of growth or to growth, even that Mm -hmm. it is, it's not the same for everyone. You know, no. I think it's so individualized. And I think one of the things I appreciate about that Enneagram is that in my understanding anyway, when you, when you complete the assessment and you get your results, it gives you what I would call recommendations. And maybe that's not the right word, but it always gives you flexibility to say, um, 
Yeah, I, I think that's me, but but maybe I'm another type. So, you know, for yeah. somebody who maybe lands between a couple of types, like what do you do with that information? Okay, that's a great point that you just brought up because I know I know that you, for example, took two different assessments mm-hmm. and scored differently on both. I did. That's very common. So the thing to remember about taking an, an assessment is that those assessments really serve as more or less a guide to point you in the direction of your dominant type. This is when it's helpful to have, either, whether it's extra resources, uh, a particular book, it could be listening to podcasts, it can be helpful to have a coach help you identify your type because mm-hmm. so many types actually behaviorally on the outside look similar. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example of that. So like types two, sixes, and nines often will get mistyped because Mm. behaviorally they all look very similar on the outside. Mm. Two sixes and nines are very kind of easygoing type personalities. These are personalities that are fairly adaptable. They're flexible, friendly, kind, um, generous kind of personalities. The thing is though, the Enneagram again is, is really about the core motivations. Mm -hmm. Okay. Behind the ways that we think, act and feel. So You could put two sixes and nines all in the same room that look very similar Mm. on the outside. But when you come to discover why each of those numbers behave in the ways that they do, what you discover is it's for very, very different reasons. Mm. Twos are very friendly. They're engaging. um, They just can connect easily with other people because they are circling around this question always in their minds of, can I just be loved for who I am? Not Mm. just for the ways that I'm serving everybody. Sixes are really friendly and engaging and they're adaptable and they're um, so likable, but it, that's because they're circling around this deep inner need for security and support. Mm. They're looking for that in, in relationships with other people. Mm. And nines, they're friendly and engaging and, and all of that too, um, but for reasons that are completely different than twos and sixes, they're just wanting to avoid conflict at all costs. Mm. So they just want to keep everybody happy and, and um, make sure that all of their relationships are really just functioning harmoniously. Yeah. That's so fascinating. That idea of the behaviors versus motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so easy when you're taking an assessment or you're reading about types mm-hmm. to let your behaviors drive the discovery. Yeah. Really, it's about the core motivations, which is also, this is another really misunderstood thing about the Enneagram. You and you alone are the only one who can identify your type Hmm. because you and you alone only deep, deep down know really why you do the things that you do. When I think about the Enneagram for me, for myself, I'm a type one. And I know that one of the things that was a little bit disconcerting for me when I took the assessment and I got this type one type was the title that was given. And I know sometimes titles are used and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just called the number Um, But this word perfectionist was put uh, as the description of a type one. Mm -hmm. And I have worked my entire life to shed that label. So Mm -hmm. that was a little bit uncomfortable for me. So talk a little bit about how you can work through that with somebody who might, uh, might see their particular type as a negative. The other names for ones, which I really love is called the improvers Mm -hmm. because ones just every number has a particular focus of attention. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we know that when, 
you as a one, when you walk into a room, you're going to notice right off the bat and, mm-hmm. and you're without even trying, okay, mm-hmm. this is an unconscious thing. You're going to notice right off the bat, what in the room maybe is like out of place mm-hmm. or right. Right. Or, I'm looking um, for the suggestion box. You told me <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which okay. is very true. <laughs> right. And, and you don't even have, nobody has to tell you to look for those things, right? right? You just naturally see those things mm-hmm. because you're a one. Your dominant type means that it's kind of just your default. It's your mm-hmm. home base. It's the place where you kind of tend to slide toward when you're not fully awake, you know, like when mm-hmm. you're just coasting along on autopilot, which is really a lot of us do that a lot of the time. It's when we're not really present or aware to mm-hmm. our lives. And yet the Enneagram is teaching us that when we are present, when we are awake, when we are self-aware and we know ourselves, um, we are so much more than our personalities. Mm. So what it does is instead of kind of keep you in the box, which is really your type, right? You have kind of um, operated out of being a type one. And you had to do this for a long time when you were, when you were young, because mm-hmm. um, that's what worked in your environment growing up. It got you what you needed. The thing is, as we grow older, just staying within the limitation of our one type stops working for us as mm. well. Um, so what the Enneagram helps us realize is we're so much more than, than just that type. Yeah. We are, and we have options and choices available to us. We didn't even realize we had, Mm -hmm. so it helps pull you out of the box of your type Mm -hmm. so that you can be more really of this kind of whole integrated being that God created you to be. Okay. That's a great explanation of that. And I know it helps me feel better. <laughs> it's a <laughs> oh, good reminder. Too, for sure. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's a good reminder, right? I think even with strengths, you know, we can get stuck in the things in either the label or um, under stress, we can overuse a strength or we can yes. underuse a strength and we have to, we compensate differently. You know, what do you see with the Enneagram for a leader who's under stress? Okay. Well, let me give you an example. So I'm a type nine, which means that I manage my life in such a way so that I will always have this sense of peace internally and that my relationships are really functioning well. Mm. So my core fear is really just avoiding conflict at all costs. Mm. Okay. What I, what I understand about myself as a type nine is that when I'm under stress, my number tends to move in the direction of what we call the unhealthier or the low side of type six. Okay. Which simply means what I do when I'm under stress, I start playing out worst case scenarios. Mm. When a, when a type six is unhealthy, this is what they do. (laughs) They start imagining all of the worst things that could happen. And they start getting really in touch a little bit Mm. with that fear and that anxiety. They start anticipating all the things that could go wrong. I know when I'm under stress because I start feeling really vulnerable and scared. Mm -hmm. I start imagining things that, you know, that could potentially happen that most often really will never happen. But Mm -hmm. my imagination just kind of kicks into overdrive. Knowing that about myself is really helpful because I can catch myself right? I can kind of cut myself off at the pass. When I start seeing and noticing those behaviors, it's, it's a call to me to sit up and pay attention and go, oh my mm. goodness, I'm starting to go down that road where I'm playing out worst case scenarios. So instead of continuing down that road, rehearsing kind of all of the bad things that are going to happen, I can 
I can stop myself there, course correct quicker and be able to say, okay, let's pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. What, what is it that is, that is causing me stress right now? Mm-hmm. And then attend to that, Yeah, which of course is going to help me get back to my kind of center lane much quicker. In the same way, the other line is called our growth line or arrow, meaning that when I'm really in a healthy, healthy state, like I'm living out kind of more that healthier side of my number nine, I will start moving in the direction of the high side or the healthier side. I start taking on kind of some of the the behaviors of a healthier number three. Mm -hmm. Nines are all about kind of downplaying their presence. Mm -hmm. Threes are okay just kind of being themselves out in the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so what it means is I'm more comfortable in my own skin, just being myself out in the world, being seen as okay. I become much more productive. I get unstuck. I'm able to make decisions faster when Mm -hmm. I'm growing. Now, what it means with those lines and arrows is I'm not becoming those numbers. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be a type nine because my core motivations are always going to remain the same, right? Mm -hmm. It just means that I start kind of looking like, or taking on the characteristics of these other numbers in particular circumstances. Yeah. So why is it important for leaders to really understand this tool because our audience is a largely leaders, maybe not all leaders, but um, I think there's an extra burden of responsibility that leaders feel to when it comes to self-awareness and leading teams. For sure. Well, you know, it used to be in the old days and I I know you can remember this too, because we're the same age, but it used (laughs) to be that you could be a leader and not be very kind or you could be a leader who doesn't really listen to their people, mm. who doesn't care about understanding where they're coming from. But there just used to be this sense of, you know, if you were, were a worker under a leader like that, you just still had a sense of like, yeah, well, you know, my boss or, or whomever isn't really a great, you know, guy or, or gal, but mm-hmm. it's my responsibility to just do what they say. Now, if you're a leader who is not empathetic, has no compassion for your team, who doesn't um, possess good listening skills Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the demonstration that you understand your people, Um, people just are less committed to you. Mm. They're not going to follow you because just of your position. Mm. Um, And again, it's not about being, becoming more of a likable leader. It's about becoming more of a conscious leader. Mm. Okay. It's about a leader who knows him or herself um, so that they're stewarding, stewarding their gifts really well. They're not Mm. um, causing, you know, harm to the relationships around them. And it's about leaders understanding their people Mm. and knowing their people well. Mm. So Christy, who's using this? Like why are leaders so drawn to this tool? Well, this tool has been around, as I mentioned, for a long time. And at the same time, we've seen this recent surge in its popularity over the past years. And we're, we're seeing this really explode in the ministry world. It's really, it's really great to see. Leaders of leaders. So these would be people like Andy Stanley, Carrie Newhoff, Lisa Turkhurst, um, Russell Moore, Joe Saxton, Dave Ramsey. That's just to name a few. They're talking about the Enneagram and how it's been this transformational tool in their own lives. So that would be in their personal relationships, um, but also in their ministry work. Mm. And 
we're not just seeing it, of course, in the ministry world. We are seeing it in the marketplace. So pu there's publications like Forbes. They have referred to the Enneagram as an effective tool to help us show up better for our teams. Hmm. Stanford University, they actually offer a class in its continuing um, studies program just on the Enneagram. Hmm. So these leaders understand that when we don't understand each other and we only see the behaviors of others, which of course can feel annoying and frustrating at times, <laughs> right? The workplace becomes this inefficient place that's void of compassion. Mm -hmm. We just don't have grace for each other. And that's even on ministry teams. Mm -hmm. um, Enneagram teacher Ian Cron, he is a guy who works with a lot of corporate teams. He says that as a leader, it's a terrible handicap for you to not understand your people. Mm -hmm. And it's an even worse handicap uh, for you to not understand yourself. Mm. He goes on to say that when you bring the Enneagram into workplaces, there's a number of benefits. He says it improves communication. It increases motivation, promotes collaboration and cooperation. It reduces conflict. It prevents misunderstandings, creates empathy, and it ensures that people feel seen and heard and they're valued for their unique contributions to the team's efforts. I want to be a part of that team. I do too, <laughs> for sure. It sounds like a pretty great team. Yeah. So Christy, I know one of the things that the Enneagram talks a lot about is that it reveals this idea of authentic self versus the adapted self. So mm -hmm. you've talked about uh, in past conversations that you and I have had about this idea of when we're our authentic self, authentic self we show up fully to other people to ourselves mm -hmm. and to God. So tell me a little bit about that and how that relates to, to work in ministry. Okay. So the Enneagram teaches that we all come into this, this world, you know, kind of with this um, dominant type. We already pretty much have it. But then as we're really little people, we, we start learning that the ways that we kind of naturally are, aren't in total and complete alignment with really what the people around us expect us to be or what mm -hmm. they want us to be. So mm -hmm. we start making these little adaptations to ourselves as we're growing mm -hmm. to fit whatever context we're in. So for example, you think of something like, you know, what was, what was something that you got a lot of really positive affirmation for as a child? Was it being helpful? Was it being the smart kid, the funny one? whatever it was that you got a lot of positive strokes for, mm. that's where we start creating this adapted self or mm. our identities around that. Mm. Because we learn, for example, that, oh, I'm a, I'm a really helpful person and I get a lot of strokes here for being helpful. Mm. So I'm going to just be, I'm going to focus so much on being helpful, but it means I might have to kind of cut off the parts of me that don't seem to be working here. Because maybe, you know, the times when I'm express myself in other ways, or I'm maybe sad sometimes, or I have different emotions. Those are not really as accepted here in mm. this environment. So that's how we start. You can see how we start kind of adapting who we are um, really just to survive and get our needs met in the context that we're in. Mm -hmm. The thing is, of course, as we grow older, we are in different contexts with different people and different relationships. And so the same rules that we've kind of applied or the ways that we've adapted ourselves in that early place, they don't always translate to these new contexts. What the Enneagram helps us do is kind of rediscover 
I guess I should say, or uncover that true self we mm. were before we started making those adaptations to ourselves. Mm. So when we are in touch with that, what's really cool is that we can bring our authentic selves, first of all, in our relationship before the Lord, we get to bring our authentic selves to each other. So it allows us to show up as whole integrated beings as we really truly are, not as we've adapted ourselves to be. Mm. In ministry, okay, we, we use the words, we use the phrase, ministry flows out of being. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm really passionate about is helping people understand that ministry isn't something that we do. Mm. It actually is something that we are, right? So we are called to be ministers. And part of what the Enneagram, in my opinion, helps us do is identify our true self, the self that God created us to be, so that our very being really becomes ministry. Mm. Meaning that when we go out in the world, my very presence in the world hopefully ministers to other people. Before I say anything, before I do anything, before I, you know, like am physically serving somebody, Mm -hmm. but just my presence alone is, is ministering to other people. And it's because God's doing and, and has done, you know, this transforming work within me that, uh, and I'm connected to, to my true self and I'm acting out of my true self. Yeah. That's how we say, like, that's where really ministry just flows out of our being. Yeah. What a powerful image that is of showing up um, and that and ministry just flowing through us and not mm-hmm. trying to, to do or act or behave in a certain way, but just to naturally have um, that experience of our whole lives being about ministry without effort. Yes, exactly. Well, you summed it up really well. It's like when, when we can show up that way, it is so much uh, mm-hmm. less effortful. Mm-hmm. There may be some people out here who have never really um, explored the Enneagram. So if you were to, um, we didn't go into the full depth of what this tool is and how it can help them, but what are some of the resources that you might recommend for a leader to take a deeper dive into understanding themselves through the lens of the Enneagram? Well, for sure, one one good place to start is to pick up a book on it um, Mm -hmm. or read some articles. There's some good podcasts out there. Uh, My favorite book, actually, I think to get people started is called The Road Back to You. It's Mm -hmm. written by Ian Cron and Susan Stabile. I think it's a great introduction and it's kind of a fun introduction too, to what the Enneagram is. It gives you a description of all nine types. Mm. Um, It tells you a little bit about, you you get some of the generals about how the system works. Um, I just think it's a great starting point. Yeah. The next step would maybe be is if you're interested, you think you might have an idea of kind of, this might be my dominant type. This sounds a little bit like me. Maybe take an assessment. There's good assessments to take online. Um, my two favorites, I would say, would be the Ready Assessment. That's R-H-E-T-I. That can be found on the Enneagram Institute's website, which you can find at enneagraminstitute.com. Now, that one, I should say, is $12. Okay. I think it's $12 worth spending, but... Um, <laughs> But anyway, if you're not into that and you just kind of feel like I just kind of want to, you know, get my toe wet here, you could take a free assessment and there's several online too. The one that I particularly like is 
found at yourenneagramcoach.com. Um, they're the people who actually I received my certification through. Mm-hmm. They approach the Enneagram from a gospel perspective, and I think they do good things. Their assessment is free. If you think you may have landed on your dominant type or you're not sure maybe what your type is and you'd like some help with that, a coach is a good option for you. Um, The other thing that a coach can do for you is help you connect the Enneagram specifically with your story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we do that from the beginning. And then uh, as you identify your particular pathway of growth too, what's great about that is it's really, it personalizes it Mm -hmm. for you specifically. So you can come out really with kind of a plan or um, a good idea of what your internal map is, Mm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. And of course, where can they find you? Well, they can find me on my website. That's the, that's the easiest way to find me. That's at overflowenneagram.com. And they can connect with me through that too. Chrissy, thanks so much for joining us today. It was so fun just to have this conversation for me to learn so much more about the Enneagram to um, provide this really helpful information for leaders about a tool that I know you love so much and that has such um, impactful uh, possibilities for ministry. Thank you. I've loved being with you today. This has been really fun for me. been listening to the side-by-side podcast with Annie Purdue Olson and Heidi Zort. Subscribe to get more practical tips women leaders need. Leave us a review. We want to know what you think. We would be so honored if you would share this episode with a friend. And finally, check out our show notes with great links to free practical resources from our guests and ways that you can connect with us because we believe we lead better when we lead side-by-side.